What's going to be required for us to have feminine leadership, for us to have more female leaders, period? The biggest shift that has to happen is going to be on the level of identity because we have access to so much education, so much information, so many resources, other people through social media. And yet there's still a lot of us who are not operating in certain roles. This is Euphoric Evolution, a podcast all about inner spiritual growth for abundance, where we bridge the spiritual into the practical, the energetic into the physical. I'm Makosi Najezer. I'm a spiritual teacher and oracle, speaker and author, and I'm passionate about catalyzing tomorrow's leaders into consciousness and transformation. So if you're a spiritual seeker and know you're called for more, let's begin your transformation. All right. I think we are back and at it. Welcome back to Euphoric Evolution. I'm so excited to dive into the future of work today because I've seen so many people very concerned about what is AI going to mean for me in my business, in my career. And we're going to also explore what's really coming as it relates to energetics as well as feminine leadership. So hang tight. We are going to explore all of the things. So first and foremost, I think it's important to share with you where I'm coming from with this. I am going to be really watching what happens over the next three, five, 10 years. And also this matters to me a lot because so much happens in our society around money, right? It's like when money is involved, all of a sudden care a lot more about it. And there's nothing wrong with that, but It means that we have to pay attention to where is the money going? What is shifting? What's changing? So on and so forth. So from a spiritual perspective, or rather from an energetic perspective, I'm constantly looking at how are people showing up? What is the frequency that people are operating in? And based off of human behavior, as well as utilizing my own spiritual gifting, the gift of sight, the gift of prophecy, so on and so forth. Where are we going because of who we've chosen to be? Now, I do this with individual clients, but I also utilize this in seeing how we as a society or we as certain groups within that society actually move forward. Okay. So, in this specific instance, I think it's important that we understand why people are absolutely terrified about AI. For many, many years, we were told and bought into this idea that, oh, if we just go to college, get a degree, then we can get a white collar job and we won't have to do manual labor. So that's even more elevated than having to do physical work, blue collar work. And it's recession proof. We'll be set for life. We can just work in one place and then retire there. But more and more, we're seeing that that's not the case at all. And here's the truth. It never was. It 
was completely an illusion, completely an illusion. So what we've got to understand is what is the opportunity that's presenting before us in spite of all of these obstacles? Well, most of the fear that I see showing up around AI and the impact of, oh my gosh, is this going to take my job as a copywriter or is everyone going to be utilizing AI for coaching and so on and so forth. So much of that fear is number one, a resistance to change. And also there's a real fear that work may not be for survival anymore, right? Because essentially what we're looking at is a reality where a lot of what we need in order to survive as humans is going to be run by technology or something outside of ourselves, right? So we're looking at and being faced with, oh my gosh, what happens if we're not working just to live anymore? And some people's entire identity, in fact, most people's entire identity is based around this, I have to work to survive mentality. So AI, from my perspective, is going to be bringing in essentially a split, a split, because it is going to be another up level, another differentiation from the animal kingdom, right? And we will no longer have to work for our survival. So there will be two groups. There will be this further splitting, unfortunately. Doesn't have to be this way, but it's going to be a split in consciousness, essentially. And one group will utilize this because of the level of consciousness that they're operating at for self-destruction. There will be that because there'll be free time, resources, et cetera. And we end up perpetuating more of who we are in the world. And then this other group is going to be faced with really the need to be connected to spirit. Now that sounds very, very spiritual. But really what it is, is being open and connected to creativity, to work from a place of passion, to create from passion and love and expression, not just for the end result, which is to survive or have a perfect piece of art or have a perfect sales page or whatever that is. Okay. So what we're really talking about is an opportunity for us to do less of the monotonous work that just has keeps us focused on the external and doesn't keep us tapped into and aligned with who we are here to be, who we're here to express as, so on and so forth. Now, the other interesting piece is that, especially in entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship is like this really interesting domain where we get to see consciousness play out. We can actually see it in every place, but for some reason, entrepreneurship <laughs> really just fascinates me. We're going to see the importance of energetics even more because what is happening is that number one, AI technology can only basically regurgitate what's already out there, right? So it doesn't have the ability because it's not connected with spirit directly. It doesn't have that flow of communication. It literally is just 
regurgitating what already exists. So those of us who are connected, we have the ability to innovate, to bring forth new ideas, so on and so forth, and bring that presence of energy into the work that we create. Because listen, I've seen AI content and you can put in there like, because I've been playing with it, by the way, I'm not just talking about this hypothetically. I've literally been practicing using prompts and just seeing what all it can do. And it is very robotic. It doesn't have presence to it. It doesn't have heart, right? If you've ever heard two people say the same exact thing, but one of them like really landed with you, it's because that energy was a match. But when we're talking about chat GPT, we're just talking about surface level. We aren't talking about the energetic frequency that makes us us, right? And so I've seen a ton of people utilizing chat GPT and I highly recommend that you explore it at least a little bit to know what's coming, what's going on, right? But what I notice is that it can pretend to have emotions. It can seem like it does. But if you tap in, you can feel that there's nothing there. This also gets me really excited for where content is going because we have gotten so surface level with content, (laughs) content wise. Like if you scroll TikTok or you scroll reels on Instagram, there's not much depth that you can get in 30 seconds, 60 seconds, even three minutes, right? But when we are now seeing this, we're going to see a flood, just so you all know. We're going to see this flood of generic surface level content that's like, hey, if you want to make $100,000, this is what you need to do. Step one, blah, blah, blah. And so on and so forth. The other piece that I think is really important to understand about why energetics is going to become more important is because information and education is not enough to facilitate transformation. So just because everybody has access to chat GPT, where you can literally ask it, hey, chat GPT, I'm this tall and weigh this much, and I want to lose this amount of weight. And it will tell you okay, well, you need to do this, this, and this. It'll lay out the entire blueprint for you. And guess what? You're still not going to do it because there's an energetic component to us that creates this reality. And so it isn't enough to just look externally at what we need to do. We have to be willing to explore the deeper levels, ultimately, at the core, our identity who we are, who we see ourselves as, how we operate in the world, so on and so forth. So energetics, that depth is going to be so much more important. Now, I will also add that because of the importance of of energetics, those who in this next few years, I'm going to say two years, three years, five years, those who are really attuned and, and aligned energetically, financially, are going to be able to make a ton of money because everyone is going to be scrambling surface level. Maybe there'll be a few who are like early adopters and are able to make some money, but the ones who are really going to succeed in this next period of time are going to be those who are bringing depth 
those who really feel aligned with what they're creating, what they're doing, so on and so forth. I was looking just as an example, I was looking at some posts really from artists about their concerns about AI art. And listen, I've seen some pretty amazing AI art. Uh, The result of it looks great, but it doesn't have any feeling to it. When someone buys art, art is not just a mechanical, like useful, quote unquote, useful thing, right? We buy art because it makes us feel something. We buy art because we can see ourselves reflected in it. We buy art because it reminds us of an emotion that we experienced. But AI can't create that. It just creates stuff that looks good. I had a conversation with my son, the two of us, I took him to this like paint and sip thing. And he was so upset that his painting didn't look like the perfect painting that the guy who runs the shop had made, but he's been doing it for like 40 years. But he just was not understanding that for me, his art represented something so much better because it was an expression of him, right? And then how I relate to him through that piece of art. So there will be some people who energetically are so focused on the outcome, meaning the beautiful piece of art or the million dollar business or whatever that is externally and aren't allowing themselves, aren't giving themselves permission to express themselves through what they are creating. I mean, heck, haven't we seen this? How many people do we know who just went into a field because of what they thought they were going to get from it, not because they were deeply connected and passionate about what they were doing? Like, I think we've all gone and seen that doctor. We've all met the cashier who was just doing it to exist, just to feed themselves, right? And it kind of makes me excited that we might see an end to that. (laughs) We might see an end to that. We will probably have to have some form of universal income, which is not a bad thing. There's more than enough abundance for us all to exist on this planet. And the fact that we've set up structures where that's not, it's not possible is lack mentality at its finest. Now, the last thing I wanted to dive in today about is feminine leadership. And I put feminine leadership, but really what I'm talking about is yin leadership. And I have to be sure to make a distinction because there are a lot of men who listen to me, follow me, et cetera, and think that when I'm talking about feminine leadership, I'm not talking about them. And what I want to be clear is that What I'm speaking about is yin qualities, yin traits that all of us have are going to be what's required in leadership going forward. If we want to uh, get out of this chaotic, ridiculous situation that humanity's in, it's going to require that number one, yes, more women are in leadership and also that the men in leadership are connected with and understand yin principles and are embodying some of their yin traits. Of course, it's going to show up different than it does in women, but that's okay. So I think we've, we're already seeing, right? We're already seeing that companies, I just read this morning, like Bed Bath & Beyond is shutting everything down. 360 stores shut down, right? We're seeing a lot of corporate entities 
that are based solely on how do we make as much profit as possible, shutting their doors, right? Part of that is because we are, whether we're aware of it or not, seeking yin leadership. So yin leadership shows up quite differently. First and foremost, it has a we mentality versus an individual mentality or even just tribal. So the yin, whenever it's making a decision, it does not only think of itself, right? It's not only thinking of, well, what's good for our business and our shareholders? It's thinking about what is in the best interest of us and also mindful of other people, (laughs) mindful of everyone else, right? It considers the whole picture, not just this moment, our group, what we want, so on and so forth, okay? It also is more emotional. It leads from a place of more emotion versus just hard data. Now, we can get a little bit, I do see, especially in certain spaces, women can get too far (laughs) sometimes, too swampy in the feminine and completely abandon any strategic thinking or any action or any data, so on and so forth. What I'm talking about here is creating a harmony where we understand data and simultaneously we utilize intuition. We utilize emotion. We utilize some of these tools where we lead teams from emotional intelligence, right? Not just, well, it's business. Like, yes, sometimes it's business. And also we want to be mindful from a place of compassion, so on and so forth. The other thing that I'm really seeing too is even if we're not aware of it, some of the ways of working, our ways, our productivity principles, our definitions of what it means to be professional, how work is structured, right? Is really due for an overhaul and a reinvention because it was not considerate of everyone (laughs) when some of these things were made. Like I was watching something on YouTube and it was about these guys' suits, really nice suits. And I don't have problems with suits, but I was like, who decided, who was it who decided that in order to be professional, you should wear a pretty uncomfortable (laughs) outfit all day and all look the same. I personally don't think that has much to do with professionalism at all. Because when I think of what is professional, it's what's professional to me is someone who is a master in their skill set, right? And a suit does not always mean that. (laughs) We've just made it mean that. So that's going to be something that we, especially as women, get to redefine, right? I was going to throw on, I have like this silk blazer, which is really super comfortable for me and I love it. But I was like, no, actually, I'm going to be talking about (laughs) redefining what is professional today. And rolling with what I was lounging around in. Now, what's going to be required though for us to have feminine leadership, for us to have more female leaders, period. The biggest shift that has to happen is going to be on the level of identity because 
we have access to so much education, so much information, so many resources, other people through social media. And yet there's still a lot of us who are not operating in certain roles. No one's going to give that to us, period. No one's going to be like, here, we want you to have this, right? It's going to be us showing up in a certain identity where it's very obvious that we are the fit for whatever those roles are, whether it's president of the United States, whether it's CEO of tech companies, and on and on and on. So many women have stories about what it means to be a woman, to be their ethnicity, to be young, old, extroverted, introverted, blah, blah, blah. There are so many stories that we have, and it's going to require each of us to examine the stories that we've been holding on to and really looking at is this story that I'm telling myself, is this state of being that I'm operating in really aligned with the future that I want to create for myself, that I want my descendants to experience, that I want the people I care about to experience. It's going to require that we do that work. The beautiful thing though is when we do allow ourselves to examine who we are, we we get to choose. We get to choose. I've been doing a lot of exploration myself around how much of my personality was created from what's called the fawn response. So we have different coping mechanisms or modes of survival, essentially. Fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And fawn isn't always talked about or easily recognized, but I grew up keenly aware, maybe not all the time aware, but I was in an area where racism was prevalent. I had many experiences with racism and I unconsciously decided that being unapproachable or being introverted, being in thought was not okay. Like it was not, not that it wasn't okay. It was not safe because as a child, really at the core of who I am, I am quite to myself. I'm very observant and I can feel into when I can support when someone has like a legit need and I show up and I bring it, but I'm energetically designed to be off to myself. And sometimes it can come off as, you know, I've been called cold or aloof or, oh, you don't care or blah, 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 blah. And part of that comes from this idea that because a woman is, we have just a lot of stories about how a woman is supposed to be. Oh, she should always be smiling. So if a woman isn't smiling, we automatically start telling stories. If you are a woman, just become aware. I walk around quite a bit. I try to get at least 5,000 steps a day. And one day last week, I was like, I just want to see, just pay attention to how many times do I smile just like as an automatic response when I really don't feel like smiling. I did it at least seven times during that walk. 
And that was with me being aware that that's what I was doing, right? How many times am I doing that? I'm not. So it requires us really becoming aware of who we have shape-shifted into and really feeling into, really connecting with, is that authentic to me? Is that authentic to me now? Maybe it was at a certain point, but maybe now it's not. And then giving yourself permission to be who you truly are. Because I find that the more I allow myself to be and embody more of who I truly am, the right people or the aligned people, not the right people, that kind of makes it sound like they're better than others, but the aligned people recognize that, right? And can see that. Anyways, I'm going to invite you to just start exploring that. (laughs) For those of you who are really interested in stepping into your calling, evolving your identity, we are in the process right now of launching your quantum business. This is all about energetics using human design, gene keys, as well as lunar planning. This is really about connecting to yourself and your unique energetic mechanics and allowing yourself to build your life off of that. So good. I will see you all next week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Euphoric Evolution. If you found this valuable, be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review with your biggest takeaway. Be sure to share with someone you care about if you know they'll also find value in this episode. You can also visit theroyalshaman.com to take my free consciousness quiz where you'll uncover your current stage of consciousness, identify your current blockages, and define which steps you can take next to align with your highest potential. You can also see the show notes to find our socials. In euphoria.